0: Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part six
1: on our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Because we're talking to a guy guys in recovery, the same is true for the guys who've, in phase one of those first 30 days of sobriety, there's different expectations. There's different resiliencies that are expected of you. The further along you get in your recovery, the more is expected of you. Not because you're like, less important. Or like we don't care about you the same. It's actually it's it's a building on. That's how the reps work. Because like we the, the exercise example, if like, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna run five miles, it's gonna take and run it well, like the whole time. It takes a bit to get to that point if you haven't run in ten years. It's you're gonna get hurt if you just decide, I'm gonna run ten miles or five miles today. If you haven't done it, you're gonna get hurt. And that's just silly. That's foolishness.
0: It is foolishness. You know, I think I want to land the plane just on talking about maybe how to help people, like how to help in a resilient. And, and if if the goal isn't to be coddling or belittling, right? And we've really, I think we've, we could probably keep talking. You and I are are fairly long winded, but, um, <laughs> but if if resiliency, kind of the definition I'm working from is is if we're going to cultivate resiliency like we're learning how to do hard things well how do we how do we show up for people and help them grow in their resilience um rather than be coddling or belittling and i think we've already mentioned a few of them but i'll restate them i think firstly we need to be better listeners we need to learn to listen well and we need to be naturally we need to grow in curiosity and listen it sound it is simple, but it, it takes discipline. And that is instead of making declarative statements too quickly, which is mean giving advice or or, or speak or speaking and making it about us, ask questions. Be slow to speak, listen. You know, uh, <laughs> it's like counselor one hundred and one, right? But oftentimes a counselor will be like, somebody will say something, they'll say, "Tell me more," and they'll just wait. Like our tendency is to fill the gap, to fill the silence, but instead just listen and wait. Ask a question and wait. When somebody says, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more, because it is so helpful and loving to listen to somebody's experience. So I wrote listening is the first one. Second thing I put down was just be an encourager. If you want to help somebody cultivate resiliency, encourage them. When they're in the hardship, it's like encouragement doesn't mean I'm going to do it for them. It doesn't mean that I'm coming in as superhero and say, oh, man, I'll fix it for you. It's being an encourager. You can do this. You can do more than you think you can. You can push through this. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're stronger than you think. Like be a voice of encouragement. Be a voice of love. Other people in their life might be like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't think you could do that anyway." Yeah, that sounds too hard. Be an encourager. You can do this. Mm. You you can you can make it through this. Thirdly, I just put presence. Like be present. Like look them in the eye. Square up. Show up. Even if you think it's silly, look at them in the eye. Listen. And be present. Mm. And I think fourthly, kind of the essence of being with somebody, but not trying to do the work for them and not being belittling. You may even choose to say this phrase, but it's really in your presence. You're saying like, I'm here. Like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. There's something about knowing you're not alone that's needed in the human experience. We're not made for isolation. And so we don't need people to do our work for us, but we need to know that we're not alone.
1: It's acknowledging the truth that we aren't alone. Because sadly, like the, the, I think the saddest thing about loneliness, it is a chosen life. It's a choice. Loneliness is a choice. Not, not, I'm not even trying to be harsh, but if you're experiencing loneliness, it's a choice. Yeah, because the feeling
0: of loneliness, as we say a lot around the refuges. It's an invitation towards communion. Like, mm-hmm. I believe God gave us the emotion of loneliness as a marker to say, Oh, I need to press in to relationship mm-hmm. because I need it." That's why I feel lonely. If we were made for isolation, we wouldn't feel loneliness. Yeah, because it would be how we're made. For, <laughs> we're made for that, so we would we wouldn't experience any negative emotion. But as humans, we're wired for relationship we are made for relationship. So I think you're absolutely
1: correct. All of these require honesty. So the listening is like, I have to like, I have to be able to be okay with myself. on so like, can I truthfully listen to the, like, can I, is, is there, am I able to hear the things that you're saying and focus on who you are and then be honest in my encouragement, not, not, not lying or ignoring truths. And then that presence is, is known as like, is hearing the truth and being okay with it and still being with that person. So to, it, it takes a lot of courage to do these things.
0: Well, I want to end with a quote by Nelson Mandela. He says, do not judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. Mm. That's a good picture of resiliency. When you get knocked down, you get back up. Just like the band Chumbawamba said. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.